We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Making Mizzou this week. I'm Martin Rucker, my co-host Tommy Saunders, and man, we got a special guest for you guys this week. I've been talking about it since like week one. Every time we talk about who the best athlete we've seen, pure athlete, okay, can play just about anything, everything, and is good at it, regardless of how many times they practice. My man, Nario Alexander. Nario, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey, baby. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. The, the pride of St. Joe Mo T Rush. man. I'm in the presence of Mizzou legends, man. Mizzou legends. Hey. I appreciate y'all having man, me on. Man, the real 8-4 right there, baby. Hey, man. No, tell me hey. you the original 84. What you mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, well, awesome. It's great to have you. And we want to make sure we thank our host, uh, 360 Vodka, for sponsoring the podcast right up north here in Weston. Mo, if you haven't been there, go there. And if you don't have any, go to your nearest hy and get some. Um, so we'll jump right into it. Nario, talking about our Tigers, man. It's been a little while since we've been there. We've had a few different head coaches. We've had a few different ADs. Uh, everything's kind of turned over there. I saw you were at the game on Saturday. Close one, heartbreaker. Um, have you had the opportunity to interact with Coach Drink uh, at all yet, you know, since he's been there over the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. Man. Well, the game was, you know, definitely a great experience. Um, it was good to just be around Zoo um, mm-hmm. faithful and the players and coaches and like that again. Um, it's been a while for me. But um, I, I'll text back and forth with Coach Drink. He's uh, very responsive. Um, he seems like a really good guy. Um, I watch his interviews and, you know, I kind of, you know, keep up with him. Man, I'm, I'm really excited to, um, you know, develop a relationship and yeah. uh, see, you know, where he takes the program. Um, I think he's a really good, um, you know, just coach the character, just just mm-hmm. everything that he brings, um, especially with this, with the kids that's playing nowadays. Um, he fits right in. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, how this thing is going to turn out for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, just like looking at the game on Saturday or, you know, before we jump into the game, and I should have done this um, at the beginning anyway, but tell us where you are now. Tell us where you've been a little bit over the last couple of years and 
then uh, we'll ask you what you're doing a little bit later on in the show. But where are you right now? What the heck were you doing at the game in Boston, man? Man, I am in Boston, Massachusetts. My okay. wife is from here. Um, she's pregnant. Uh, she's about congratulations. congratulations. Thank you, thank you. She's five months. We're having a little girl, so a little DA not coming yet. But, uh, <laughs> hey, chance like changing. I think hey, we hey. all want to have a boy, you know. But those girls, man, they change their life. They change, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I already have one uh, stepdaughter, but uh, you know, she's, she's my daughter, man. I, we raised her, but um, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't having a son until they told me. I was right. like, "Are you kidding me? This, I'm not, what are you, what are you saying, daughter? It's a girl." But uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I feel like you know, I got the the next Serena Williams coming out. Okay. Yeah. So immediately okay. I got on YouTube and I learned how to play tennis. Hey. And I kind of realized that maybe I should have played tennis. I'm six five. You know, I could I like to hit Yo. ball with sticks. Yeah. You know what I'm hey. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully she pick up a little bit of that. But um yeah, man. So I, hey, go ahead. Four hundred balls by four. That's the I have that in my head that I've listened to uh, Venus Serena. It was like, okay, go out to practice. They gotta hit four hundred balls by uh age four. So that's hey. I got that in my head too. And I'll tell you what. I love it because like people are like, would you let your son play football? You want your daughters to play basketball? They're probably going to be tall and everything. I'm like, listen, I do want them to play all those sports. Team sports are great, but go play a sport where you can wear Lacoste. Yeah, <laughs> go play a sport yeah. <laughs> where you got polo on. Go play a sport. is one of the main sponsors of the game. <laughs> go play a sport where you don't have to rely on everybody else for your success all the but time. Honestly, right? Right. But honestly, as I'm looking at like we have our daughter, you know, we take her to gymnastics and soccer mm. and she's done swimming all across the board. And so when I take her to class and I'm looking at, okay, what sports does she want to do and where can she be successful? It's like the individual sports where she can work on her, you know, talent by herself, where it's like soccer, you know, they're standing out there, they're going to touch the ball one time in an hour and a half, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, versus whenever she goes to gymnastics, she's there and she's doing the work the entire time. Right. right. And so right. as you look at it, it's like tennis, golf, those those sports that you can put your kids in and they can, you know, control all the um, they control themselves. They can work yeah. on all the improvements themselves, the skills mm -hmm. where they're not having to rely on other people. I mean, it's that's like for real. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there are some great benefits from team sports like we, we all know. Um, you know, learning accountability, uh, being being accountable for your you right. know, teammates and stuff like that, all your actions. But um, at the same time, man, you know, I, I picked up an individual sport myself after I got done playing football with golf. And you talking about being um, having to lock in and yeah. focus because you control every part of the game, mm -hmm. right? That that teaches you to be accountable to yourself, right? And and, and being able to lock in and, and keep that focus. So um, I'm excited, man. Like I said, you know. I, Obviously, I want, you know, we all have plans for our kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, um, it's going to rely on, on them. I think the, the most important thing for us as parents, man, is just it's just guide them in the right direction. And um, just, just hopefully they pick up those foundational things that's, that's going to help them be successful in life. Guide but, them and support so, them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, man. So we're, I'm up in I'm in Boston right now. Um you know, we'll be here for a few years. And mm -hmm. uh, I ended up, I was actually on a golf course and um, there was a guy playing with this random guy playing at a public course. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how you guys feel about uh, coming up to BC? Uh, I'm like, what you mean? You know, I, I didn't see the schedule. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all thinking about the SEC schedule. Right. Uh, 
and I look on the schedule and, and Boston College coming in two weeks. I mean, Mizzou's coming up to Boston in two weeks. So it was, it was a great opportunity. I just reached back and um, got some contacts, man, and they took care of me. Mizzou took care of me when I uh, when they came up here. So That's it was a great experience. That's good to hear. What did you think about the game? Give us your pros, your cons. What was, uh, what was encouraging? What was discouraging? Uh, give us your thoughts on the game. Uh, first of all, I think I think the team had a lot of great energy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we always, you know, used to preach at Missouri, man, just kind of uh, enthusiasm, right? Yep. If you don't have it, you know, create it, right? right. I, I remember you guys talking on a um, podcast with, with J-Mac. Oh, uh, no, it was Chase. And you're like, well, I, I like offense or – Coach, I really is awesome. Right, <laughs> offense is great. Right, um, yeah. Those, those guys, man, I just felt the energy from the team. You know, they they loved it. You know, they were out having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Coach Drinkwitz, you know, he he leads that that charge with that team. So that was that was something that was very encouraging. Um, I love what they're doing on offense. I think they have a, a lot of great talent. Um, you know, especially I'm watching the receivers, obviously. And um, you know, we got a. A lot of big guys too, six five across the board. Um, yeah. who can run routes and make plays and stuff like that. So, um, so I'm just I think you know this is the second year in the system, so just give them a little bit more time to like pick it up and learn it um, and make it you know just second nature, and things will all come together. Um, you know what I am concerned about is you know this is I think this is the the trend the topic is you know just kind of getting the defense. We got to be able to stop some guys. Right. Um, and, you know, I think our defense is pretty young. So, um, you know, with time, you know, with experience, mm-hmm. uh, they'll get better. So, but it was a heartbreaker, man. I was right there um, at the end of the game. Yeah. And saw the, the game losing in a second, right? <laughs> oh, bro, it was because I don't know if you can see on the replay, man. I'm, I'm, up, I'm, I'm standing, I'm watching, and I'm jumping up. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's crazy, bro. So it was tough. And then to add insult to injury, they, they, um, the students stormed the field, right? Like, oh, what is going on here? Is this homecoming? Why, why am I seeing people now? They jumping off the out of the stadium on the field, man. It was crazy, but um, it was a great experience, man. It, it's yeah. always good. You know, I love college football. I love college sports because of the passion that that's attached with it, and uh, you know I felt that energy there. So uh, awesome. I'm excited. I'm happy to, um, to have, be able to experience that for sure. Yeah, and real quick, I'll interject and throw us in there. Um, on TV, they said that this was the first time BC has been 4-0 since 2007, 2008, Ooh. when Matt Ryan was there. Matt Ryan. So, yeah. It made me think, like, me and Tommy was kind of, like, playing them, you know, BC at the beginning of the year because, you know, they sorry. But, right. like, it kind of reminded me of Mizzou back in those days when we were there, when, like, yeah. those were the goals, right? B4-0 yeah. going yes. into this season. So yes. it might actually be a team that when we get to the end of the season, that won't be a bad loss. I mean, mm-hmm. you should have won and you don't make that throw in that spot in that situation. But regardless right. of all that, like this could actually be a pretty good Boston College football team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 was, I wasn't mad at, at the throw. I think the, the, the DBs just made a great play, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, like you said, man, they, they're BC that you can kind of tell that their team um, is kind of building on something. Um, I think they lost their starting quarterback uh, for the season. So Is they, that what it was? They, they hit us on the ground. And yeah. they, they, they tough. They're tough. You know what I'm saying? I was watching those boys, and I saw a couple of those runs. And, you know, just every time I see, like, a hard hit or something on the field, I I, I just feel for them. And, I, and then I, I think back, like, man, I should take those too. But, um, 
Yeah, man. So that's how far removed I am from the game. I can't even right. get tackled like that again. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know what we were going through, what we were thinking. But, uh, <laughs> we we it, talked about last week how like every football player like has this monster inside of them yeah. that you had to have to play and do that. I mean, yes. it's, it's pretty crazy. And exactly as you get older, you start thinking about like, I can't imagine doing that stuff again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I used to try to get the hammer every week. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to catch a big hit somewhere. You know what I'm oh, saying? Somebody sleep. Yeah, somebody yeah. sleep. Hey, now, I mean, you get kicked out the game for them hits, uh, those hits today. But uh, bro, that's the crazy that, that was the intensity that we brought to the game, man. It was right. You know, it was it was it was killer be killed. Yep. Sure. Right. But um, you talked you know, a little bit about um, the receiving core and how mm -hmm. they're they're bigger guys now and stuff. But it's only their second year in the system. And we talked about also a couple of weeks ago how there's only like two or three guys that are on the roster in the receiver room that were here when Drink got here. So not yeah. only are they learning, you know, a new system, but these are new guys kind of to the program as well. Mm -hmm. Talk about a little bit or if you can remember when it kind of started to click for you. Like what year was it? You know, how long had you been in the system? Uh, mm -hmm. And what were those things that just made the offense at Mizzou start clicking for you to where you could play freely and be yourself and make plays and feel good about what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, when I got to Mizzou as a freshman, uh, 17, right? Yeah. Um, and we got these big, all these plays that's thrown at us, right? And, you know, it's, I, I really, I, I remember sitting in the meeting room like, man, I don't, I don't think I can do this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is too much. Like, just throw me a fade. You know, so why I got to do all that? I don't need to. Why I need to learn what? Just, just line me up and just let me go play, right? Um, but as I started learning, um, just learning more about the game, uh, you know, I was able to kind of pick things up. And I played as a true freshman, and mm -hmm. you know, I was still kind of it was still kind of fast. The game didn't really slow down for me, and you know, there be times where you kind of have to, you know, ask, "Oh, tell me what I got on this," or you know, just it, it was never. You know, you can never play, like you said, freely when you when you're thinking. Right. Uh, it wasn't until after you know my freshman season, I, I went into the spring, um, where it started clicking a little bit more. And then mm -hmm. once I hit fall camp, uh, my sophomore season, it was it was it was second nature, right? So it, it usually take about a year, year and a half mm -hmm. for guys not only to adjust to the level of playing for right. the college level, but also um, learning the playbook and um, being like. It's it's not about just knowing the plays. It's right. knowing uh, like why what's the purpose of the play? You know, why mm -hmm. why are we running smash against a certain defense, right? So once you kind of understand that, you can you can kind of improvise and you know, you know, you bring your own style um because you understand the timing of the game and you know where you're supposed to be. So it took me about a year to definitely get comfortable for sure. How about in the league then? Did that change at all? Did it take a little longer? Did it come faster? Were the plays simpler to where they could just throw you a fade? How did yeah. it work once you got to the next level? So the, once I got to the next level, um, my first – I had two different offensive coordinators of my, from my uh, rookie year to my second year. Mm -hmm. um, so we really never got it together, but I felt like the league was a little bit more simple, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit more one-on-one -on -one ball on the outside. I was playing the X. So, you know, I would line up um, single-seater receiver side. And, mm -hmm. you know, me and Sam Bradford would pick a play. We would pick a route, you know, while <laughs> while we're on the field, right? So, yep. um, 
But, you know, I played under Josh McDaniel. Um, he, he came over from um, Denver. He brought the Patriots uh, playbook um, to the Rams. And we actually had that lockout year that year also. Yep. So we never really got a chance to get together as an offense throughout the offseason uh, for team play. So we hit mm-hmm. cap, and it was everything all thrown on top of each other. <laughs> Look, crazy story. We were uh, like – First, first offensive uh, meeting, Josh McDaniels get up. Josh McDaniels, he get up and says, okay, guys, I understand we're throwing a lot at you, right? So uh, we're going to go through camp. We're going to take our time. If you lined up and you don't know what to do, just just turn around and ask, and somebody will tell you, right? So after, <laughs> after the first week, oh, we, we, we look trash. We look terrible, <laughs> right? Like, what are we doing? So that second week, Josh McDaniels get up. He said, you know what, guys? F all that. If y'all don't know what we're doing, we're going to get your ass out of here. We're going to get somebody else in here. <laughs> hey, you're talking about, you're talking about like being Catch straight, in gear, huh? you know, getting out, you know, we go out or somebody run the wrong route and your whole, your whole practice is done because you know, you're going to get fired up in the meeting room and you know, it's just, it was crazy, man. It was a lot of pressure, but um, how uh, narrow you know, with my long career in the NFL that I had a good 10 yeah. weeks. Yeah. One of the hardest transitions for me was coming from Mizzou was to hear the play in the huddle mm-hmm. versus everything was a signal. Did you yeah. have any trouble with that or notice that at all? Yeah, definitely. The language was ridiculous, right? Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine being a quarterback because he had to repeat that, like all the language. Right. Um, but yeah, so and that's that's that was gonna be my other point in the NFL and, and college to a certain extent. It's almost all the same plays, right? Mm-hmm. We got the same concept. Um, you know, just three levels of you know whether it's smash, we got a hitch in the corner on top, or you know we have we call go in Mizzou with three three receiver side. You have a short cross, a deep cross, and a deep post, right? Um, but the language was just so different, right? So. Mm-hmm. That was that was really tough to try to be able to learn the language and also communicate the language right, um, right. throughout the team as an offense. Um, when um, when I whenever I signed with the Chargers, our offense was a little bit more simple because it was a number system. The number mm-hmm. system basically tells everybody what they have to do, right? So yep. it was I I, I signed um, week nine. I mean week eight. And I started week nine, right? I yeah. didn't play week eight, week nine. I started because I knew everything. They just tell me everything to do, right? Yep. So um, it just depends, man. What what system you get you get in, whenever right. uh, if you're able to kind of you know, um, you know, just obtain all that information, it's it's pretty. That serious. was one of the tough things for me was like getting because you know the tight ends in the league they're always moving around, always. so every play you got some sort of pre snap motion, yeah, and getting in the huddle. First huddling, right? Uh, right. <laughs> Knowing the play, like trying to decipher this play as he's spitting it. And then you got this much time to get to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And then as a tight end, you're moving already yeah. by the time you get to the yeah. line of scrimmage. Everything moves so fast. And I remember being in uh, in Cleveland, or I think it was Cleveland, we had the number system. So, you know, it was like it helped me out a little bit because, you know, 359, you got three route, five route, nine route. Yeah. You kind of do that in your mind. The motions mess you up a little bit, but I got to Philly and they're West Coast and they're calling the formation Tiger Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
I agree. <laughs> that's the rap concept. That's not a formation. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like it was one of the craziest things ever, but everything's the same. It's yeah. just everybody's terminology was different. And so right. being a guy that uh, you played for a few different teams in the league and a few different offensive coordinators and and I was the same way. Like, how did you adjust to so many different playbooks? Like, how did you pick it up quickly or did and, you pick it up quickly? Right. And mm -hmm. what about the what about the game coming from a zoo running that spread offense and you're mm -hmm. lining up and it's just you in the corner? What was that like? Because uh, I know from us, you'd always line up and there'd be, you know, seven guys between you and the line and defenders and back uh, linebackers spread out. Uh, what was it like just being solo out there uh, lining up at X? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, learning – once you get to the league, uh, you know, we played in that spread offense, and I was actually a, a slot receiver at Mizzou, mm -hmm. right? So there was a lot going on. Um, had some favorable matchups, right? Uh, but, you know, it was still like we were playing in space with Mizzou. It was never – it was always, you know, things were like quick. Our, our short passing game was an extension of our run game. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, we, I really didn't play down the field as much at Mizzou. Once I got to the league, you know, they moved me out to X. And, you know, all of my routes were, you know, 15-yard um, stops, 25 yards stop routes, 20 yard digs. It was I was free. I was I was free. It wasn't a lot of clutter. I would be one on one with a receiver. I mean with a uh, a DB, and I was just able to kind of just you know do what I was able to do. Um, you know what what I did what I did best. So I felt like I'm not going to say the NFL was easier. It was a little bit more simple from a matchup standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think um, just kind of. You know, when I got there, I kind of, you know, every time we move up to another level um, in the game, we expect so much more, right? I remember I was scared as hell when I got to Mizzou, 17 years old. I see guys with full beards. I'm like, there ain't no way I can do this. How, how could I? And then, you know, Coach Steck recruited me as a safety. So I'm like, you know, bro, I'm not tackling these big, you know, you got me messed up, right? But, uh, but the game was a little faster, but you, you kind of adjust. When I got to the NFL, it was the same thing. All the information was thrown at you like really yeah. fast. Um, but at the same time, you know, once you once you got comfortable with knowing what you were able to do, um, you're still playing against some of the same guys, right? So right. um, and you you're able to play in space a little bit more. It, it just kind of made made the game a little bit more simple for me. So yeah. Um, yeah. I gotta so ask was, you this about Josh McDaniels. So yeah. did he make you guys remember everybody's name on the offense? And then call you guys out in the meeting and ask you who like people different people were in the room. No, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. <laughs> so Eric exactly. Mangini and those guys came uh, from the Jets to Cleveland my mm -hmm. second year, and they're all from Belichick coaching tree. Mm -hmm. And so every single one of the guys, you know, was you know wanted to have the cut off sleeve. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. had the fat dip in their mouth and right. all that stuff. And he would uh, he would make you like you had to know everybody's like name on the team and so he would call a guy who's not going to make the team who just got there and then he'd have the whole defensive line stand up and this mm. dude's on offense trying to learn his playbook trying to fit into the league and yeah. he'd be like all right all the d linemen stand up and he'd tell this receiver name every single person on the d line and this is in the team room yeah like the yeah. team meeting room after practice yeah <clears throat> so dude's like uh uh sean rogers uh so you know like the starters and you don't know everybody it was just like to make you look silly yeah definitely so, 
I didn't know if McDaniels was like if all everybody out of Belichick's coaching tree was like that, or if it was just yeah, no, and his crew. No, everybody wasn't like that, man. But that you make a great point, um, especially in camp. I mm-hmm. feel like the league was just was so much pressure, yeah. right? Especially if you're you know a guy who's trying to make the team. You know, you're not the top draft pick. You know, every every day this. This pressure, and then you know, if you mess up, they're on your ass, right? <laughs> and and not only them, they it's it's so like from a, a psychological standpoint, you know, you messed up, so yep. you know, like, damn, man, is, is that the play that, that's gonna get me cut, right? <laughs> because <laughs> if you come down to one play, that's I, it. I, I, I'm telling you, like, it was, it was, I've never felt anything like that. Um, but you know, it definitely kind of creates character for sure, and um, grows you up, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it makes you grow up real quick. It makes you become real accountable, and it makes you work, right? Yep. So um, I, I told myself, man, I, I'm never going to get cut because I don't know what I'm doing. There right. you go. So they going to have to tell me I ain't good enough to make this team. You know there what you right. go. Yeah. So on that, Dario, with your mindset, what I remember about you that was, you know, the real difference was how you accelerated into catching the ball. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you see receivers like um, like tense up whenever the safety's coming, when they're running the post, or they'll slow up or they'll turn their body. They'll, everybody does something different to, like, take on a hit. Mm-hmm. And what it seemed like to me as I as what I remember seeing it in person and even going back and watching highlights, you would, you would accelerate through the catch, which would um, – you know, it would change the angle for the safety or that that second defender that's coming over. So they're mm-hmm. not going to hit you, and you're on the opposite side of them. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're coming in, when that contact point comes. So you, now you're breaking through an arm tackle, and they're not able to get their head across. Right. And it seems like that's what was allowing you, as I you know think back and look back at your career, how you could take a slant or a pose mm-hmm. with a bunch of contact and then take it to the house. Mm-hmm. Kind of what was your mindset going onto the field? I mean, we saw that ball in the air. Kind of what were you thinking? And how, how did you get past that? Oh, my gosh, I'm going to get hit. Because, you know, and then using that to accelerate, you know, through that ball to catch it. Mm-hmm. Man, I love, like, a part of my game, um, something I, I took real pride in was yards after the catch. I love running with the football, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even, like, when I was – tell me, you, you, we've been in the same receiver room. I wasn't the greatest route runner. Right, I, I'm not gonna like break you down and turn you around or whatever. I'm, I'm gonna get get open enough to where I can get the ball and run with it. So, I always knew that um, I was I was a bigger guy, I was taller, and I was faster than what everybody thought. Right, and it, you know when you when you see me running, it doesn't look like I'm running, but I'm moving. Oh, and I, and I, I feel like I'm moving. Right, so whenever I'm, I'm catching a dig route or you know something across the middle, I always knew that okay, I got a safety. You know, I, I see before pre-snap read, if it's cover two, I got a safety over the top on me and I got a safety on the other end. If I make one of those dudes miss, I can outrun the next one, right? So um, I always knew, okay, I knew what angle they were coming from. So if I were, you know, if they're behind me, I'm just going to run through the ball and just outrun them, you know, across the field. But if they're coming on top, you know, I may slow down a little bit, catch with my hands and, and stick my foot in the ground and turn, you know, spin around and go go back the other way. Right. So I just started, you know, trying to get creative, um, you know, trying to get the ball and, and making something happen. I was never content with, you know, 30 and eight and catching a 10 yard catch. And I, I want to say, you know, 10 yard catch to 80 yards to the to the to the to the to the, to the zone, man. So right. um, 
Yeah, so that's that's that was my thing, man. Um, Jarrell Jackson, Jarrell Jackson, he we always talked, man. I wore a face mask like a running back because I was always in yak mode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Every time. Okay. Yak mode. Yeah, I like so, it. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I and I knew guys. It was you know I was pretty strong. So um, you know when you try to you know arm tackle me or try to you know hit me without wrapping up. I'm just going to bounce off of it and, um, you know, try DBs to DBs don't want to do they? they don't want to You got to understand, DBs do not want to tackle. They don't want to tackle nobody. So, and, and, I, and I don't mind the contact. So it's a win-win for me all the way around. Uh, and, hey, give us – Go ahead. And no, see, go ahead, brother. J-Mac, man. J-Mac, my boy, one of my, my, my good friends. But, uh, like, just seeing how, you know, J-Mac take a bubble screen to the crib. And yeah. it, it was – it, it looked good on TV, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 <laughs> hey, I wanted to do that too, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but you know, it was it was all fun and games for sure. So I Tommy was crazy. your big brother in camp, yep. big and y'all spent a lot of time in the meeting rooms together, a lot of time on the field. And give us your most classic Tommy Saunders story that you haven't told anybody yet. Classic Tommy Saunders story. <laughs> uh, well, we I know y'all talked on a podcast about how we used to hoop in the, in the wreck, right? <laughs> and you know, you know, I, I played my role because you know I'm, I'm a rebounder, I'm a dunk, I'm gonna do whatever. <laughs> you know, Tommy, we had Tommy Saunders, we had Will Franklin who argued all day because they, <laughs> they think they are the star players, right? But Tommy, Tommy was the first player I would see who would get the ball and pull up at half court. And hit that shot on the other time, and I, it was unreal. I'm like, dog, what are you doing? And he sit there and hit it every time. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was my thing. I always Tommy was like, you know, Tommy. Obviously, Tommy, you 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 the most skilled guy I've ever seen. You know, with your hands, whether you know you catch. Tommy never wore gloves in practice. You know, wore all these tapes on his fingers. And stuff like that. <laughs> um, or he can shoot a basketball, do any type of any type of things that's skilled. Um, so just, just seeing him, um, him do that was, was kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing though, that Tommy, when you did miss, I knew I was going to come and catch it off the rim and dunk on everybody that was under the <laughs> Oh, hundred that's, percent. That's, that's yeah. my trigger when yeah. I get pulled. Is yeah. Dario by the three point line. If he's by the three point line, he's going to catch, he's going to get the board or he's going to dunk on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, this, I remember playing one time in the wreck and like, telling the story just no justice at all about how incredible this play was. But I remember we were hooping and like throwing alley-oops to you was just like, you could just throw it up anywhere. Okay. And you know, you come <laughs> Go get it. Like, you know, 46 inch vert. So I came down one time and I like go to the right of the basket. I just, you know, lop it yeah. up, throw it up yeah. over my head. Okay. Well, you know, getting so lazy throwing these oops scenario, I could just throw it, whatever. Well, I throw this oop. And it's like halfway in the middle of the paint, okay? And the dude on the other team jumps up and he grabs it, okay? He grabs the ball. And as soon as his feet land, he's bringing the ball down like this. Nario jumps, grabs it out of his hand. As he comes, and windmills and two-hand dumps it. Yeah. It was the most insane play I've ever seen. Nah. Like this yeah. picture of somebody else grabbing this alley-oop like they're about yeah. to – like, hey, that was a terrible pass. <laughs> and he comes, 
takes it out of his hand, two-hand windmill. It was yeah. insane, <laughs> the craziest play I've ever seen. Right. And then, uh, like, bro, some of the stuff you did, I, was, I told the story already, but when I was trying to vertical jump, okay, mm -hmm. and I was trying to <laughs> PR for 36, and you came in, walked in, I don't even know what you were doing, about <laughs> to start a lift, came in and backflip on the vert pad, a 38-inch vertical. Right. I was like, <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm not on the same level. I'm not on the same level as these cats. Bro. Not on mm. there. And it like hurts your feelings. You try to like, you're like, okay, well. No, no. I don't know, bro. That's it was crazy. Like I couldn't like just jumping was my thing. It was it was everything. I was I was always I felt like I was I was a little insecure about being slow, right? I see, you know, you see J Mac. I've never seen J Mac run sub, I mean higher than a four three. Right. right, it was always four three, and I'm over here struggling to, to break four five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I like I need something else, right? So <laughs> that was my that was my thing, man. To kind of you know respond to that, but it was um yeah, Tommy. We we had some great games at, at the rec, man. Then we we had we recruited Chase Kaufman, Chase yep. Kaufman come out, um, J Mac came. So but we had like an all star team for those <laughs> back in those seven. And, 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 those, and those, I'll, listen, and the, I'll. No, the basketball team will never admit to it, but we beat we would beat them easy in the wreck. Uh, yeah, in, in the wreck, in, in the wreck, in the wreck for sure. But those, those, those <laughs> but, boys, they, they're a whole different level of skill, but we had some boys that could have played D1 too. Y'all, that Tommy, oh. you definitely could have been a D1 point guard for sure. I mean, I think, I think if we took the summer off and we just trained to who mm -hmm. we could have definitely, I mean, we could have definitely made yeah. a tournament, yeah, 100%. yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, we had we had some guys <laughs> every day. Yeah, oh, man. Right. that's funny. Yes. Well, Mario, man, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, man. I know we got a, another one on the way. Uh, you moved up to Boston with your family. Um, we hear you picked up this other sport of golf that further right. shows your athleticism. Uh, just talk about a little bit what you're doing now, how life is, and uh, it, uh, yeah. and I know whatever you're about to say, what you're doing, it is. This is pre-PGA Tour. I know you're going to be on the PGA Tour someday. So tell us yeah. what you're doing to bridge the gap between NFL and PGA Tour, Denario Alexander. Yeah. So, so right now, um, I've actually, you know, with the NIL space, uh, uh, college athletes are able to make uh, money off of their name, image, and likeness. And I have a company um, called Free Agent where we are connecting uh, it's a platform that's connecting student athletes with businesses to create um, marketing deals on their social media, right? So um, I, I felt like this was, this was my way to kind of give back to the game, to the sports, um, because, you know, we all, you know, experience having success on a college level, but not able to really, um, you know, monetize from it, benefit. You know, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, there's a few times where $100, you know, could have done a whole lot, right? A long way, wouldn't right. it? Yeah, I'm telling you. A long ways. Yeah, yeah. That $800 stipend, man, that thing get ate up real quick. It was smoked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. Right. So how'd right. you get into that company? Who'd you start yeah, with? So, was it some guys so, from Columbia or some guys from the league? Or how'd that work out? No, these these are uh, – so one of my good friends, Trey McDonald, his, uh, we, we connected uh, in Houston. His dad used to be the um, city manager for the city of Marlin, Texas, where I'm from. Okay. And so we, we made that connection from there. Good dude, uh, you know, he went to Morehouse, um, Stanford, um, University of Texas Law School. 
And, you know, we, we sat down and, you know, a few years ago when California uh, were, you know, kind of making noise about uh, making those changes for the state of California, we kind of saw it as, okay, well, this is going to go, it's, it's here now, right? So uh, we came up with an idea on how we're going to, um, you know, get that, uh, you know, that space for college athletes around the country. So mm-hmm. that was our thing, man. We, we, we definitely wanted to figure out a way to, um, help college athletes. Uh, this is going to be a space that's, that's brand new. So we want it to be come from an informative space also to teach players how to really maximize their potential from their social media. And uh, we pride ourselves on just kind of being the house of the athlete, the home of a college athlete. Um, so it, it was, I felt like for me, uh, you know, I, there's, a, there's always a void um, when it comes to, you know, sports, and you know football and college sports and everything i wanted to kind of you know be a part of that and this is a great opportunity for me to do that so it, we've been working pretty hard man we, we we launched back in july 6 we were able to get um on that day we, we got about seven or eight athletes paid just immediately yes. um, we had a, a, a few hundred players sign up on our platform yeah. and uh we're going to continue to grow we're going to continue to you know expand and and, and bring this out to everybody. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's fulfilling. I love it. Um, you know, we, we talk all the time about it and we're going to keep, keep pushing for sure. Where do you see this thing going? I mean, name yeah. and image and likeness is one thing, but like what's next as far as players getting paid, yeah. do you think it stops here? Do you think there's something else, another opportunity for them to grab another slice of pie from somewhere else? Or what do you think the future of the NIL is? What does it bring? And jump yeah, and on I, the back of that. Jump on the back of that, what's the biggest challenge along with that to get it to where you think it can go? Okay, yeah, so NIL is, I feel like NIL is just the beginning of um, players' conversation on the college level. Um, I think this is this is kind of, you know, opening up um, eyes on, you know, the potential of these players, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we take our, our business uh, and we look at them, obviously they're college, they're student athletes, but I see them as influencers first, I mean, right. the influencers who happen to be college athletes, right? You have a platform that um, where you can create influence um, based off of your brand throughout, you know, so many different levels. Um, right. If you look at how social media is designed now, man, you, I mean, you look at marketing today, marketing, uh, you know, when you, you're a company, you, a lot of times people start out with, you know, marketing their company off of social media alone, right? right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they use these mar- these social media influencers. Right. And so I think with college athletes, man, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect opportunity, man, because when you think about what we did back in college, back in 07, those great times, we had the greatest influence over the, the city of Columbia, let alone the state of Missouri, right? right. So just giving these, giving athletes the opportunity to really, um, you know, monetize that influence is, is a big deal. Um, so for, and thank for, God that Instagram and some of them platforms weren't around. Right, right, time. right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Exactly. Because some of those we might have lost some of them nil deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and to bring that in, we our, our our company we have something called nil academy, where yes. you know uh, we are able to produce certain uh, videos and to teach athletes what and what not to do on their yes. social media um, to really maximize their potential. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 a big space, man, and you know I'm excited about it. Um, and Tommy, what was your question again? 
just the biggest challenge. In yeah, that, yeah. You know, I think, but it sounds like, you know, to me, it's kind of, we talked about it a little bit earlier mm-hmm. about like the same mindset is as a parent is, you know, I want to teach my kids how to think. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to be there around them forever. I mm-hmm. want to, I want to um, educate them. I'm trying to grow them. So when then they're, when they're in those situations, when it's time to make a decision, they know how to properly think through it. Right. It sounds like with this, the academy is, you know, you're not only bringing them business, giving them lobs on how to make money, but teaching mm-hmm. them how to think as they go on. Because, you know, chances they're not going to be with you forever. But if you can teach them how to think through it, uh, you know, you will build a pipeline of long, steady uh, athletes. And so that's kind of to me is like it sounds like you are doing is, is educating them, getting yeah. them to understand of how valuable their uh, likeness is and then how mm-hmm. to maximize it. Um, what do you think the biggest challenge or what has been the biggest hurdle for you as you're, you're in this space? Because, you know, you're the first one there, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to be able to dominate pushing mm-hmm. through all those challenges and figuring it out. So what do you think, you know, it has been the biggest challenge and what, where do you see it once you can really overcome that? Yeah. You made a, a, a great point. Like this is new. This is brand new. It's a new space, right? So there are so many things that you know we've had to you know kind of overcome because we you know you really don't know what to expect and there are going to be so many things that that are going to come after that so it's just being able to first of all we we have our goal um stick to the goal keep our plan but always being able to adjust right i feel like there's always something new that comes um that we have to adjust to as a team and you know, it's just like we, we do on the football field, we have a game plan. We we know exactly what we want to do, but the, the defense might throw something else at us that we have right. to, to adjust to. So that that's the thing, man. Just trying to navigate this brand new space um, under you know the rules that are in place, right? Um, you know, with compliance and making sure that um, you know we don't overstep any type of boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the rules are also changing, right? Um, right. Things are things are happening um, around the country. Um, there's different type of laws for every state. So right. we have to be able to um, stay informed um, to make informed decisions on our business um, while we're moving. So it's, it's uh, good. Our, our team is great. We have we have a team. We got what um, two lawyers, um, some uh, finance people, guys, tech guys. So uh, one, one of our team members um, worked in compliance at a big university. So uh, we're able to kind of cover that compliance piece also. But um, Man, yeah, that's that's that I was gonna say that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that spaces like this where people don't understand the impact it, of it is a huge opportunity. You know, I mm-hmm. whenever the NIL came on and us starting a podcast, I started listening to podcasts about the NIL and what people were talking about. And I've been in a couple of meetings and I'm, I'm sure you guys have been around and hearing people talking about it. But it was mm-hmm. like one thing that kept coming up was players you know, what's going to happen when players skip practice because they're shooting a commercial. And I was like, you guys clearly don't understand what (laughs) the NIL is or college football or how that is so far from happening that Mm -hmm. that's not even a real issue. And so I think there's just such an opportunity for, you know, your business when people don't even understand what's going on or the opportunity. Man, we would love to help you any way we can. Just whether it's just promoting on the podcast or anything mm-hmm. we do, man, or connecting with businesses, because 
you know, this is about making Mizzou and helping our, you know, teammates. We're teammates and uh, mm-hmm. part of Mizzou forever. And so we mm-hmm. want to help you in any way we can. Yeah, uh, tell everybody what it's called again. Tell everybody who's got it, you know, maybe a high school athlete that's going to college or anything like yeah. that, how they can interact with the platform. Um, just give us a little bit of nuts and bolts so the people out there know exactly what it yeah. is and know how to get in touch with you guys. Yeah, so the company's called Free Agent. Um, our website is freeagentu.com. And as any student athlete from a high school level up to the, you know, college level, you can just go to our website and, um, you know, sign up and get, we, we take your information. We're creating our, our marketplace. Our marketplace will launch in February. And uh, what that would do is um, basically, let, I'll, I'll give you a little rundown of how it works, right? So sure. if I'm a business, um, you know, you sign up on the platform, one side of the platform, and I got a bunch of student athletes on the other side of the platform. Um, say if I want a um, tight end from Kansas City, Missouri, playing in the Big 12, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can put all those different um, attributes in your search. And what it would do is it would take, we would go through our database and we would present um, certain athletes who would fit, um, you know, what you're looking for. And, you know, you can offer them any type of deals, um, social media posts or, um, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, everything is done through the exchange, through the app. Um, and it's, it's not only, we're not only going to do like single athletes, right? It's, we, we, we create different type of, um, you know, group deals where, you know, you can, you know, have a certain amount of money that you want to uh, market out, you know, through social media. Mm-hmm. You can get, you know, the, the whole O-line. And they're all, you know, join on a group deal and stuff like that. So I think, you know, our biggest thing is we want to be inclusive. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not, we're not chasing after the, you know, Dr. Pepper six-figure deals. These are just deals for student athletes who can, you know, just easily use their social media and, you know, make a few bucks here and there. So um, it's going to be definitely a, a volume play, um, and it's it's just giving people an opportunity to to monetize, um, you know what they have like this is name image and likeness is what you have as a student athlete now and you might as well you know take advantage of it um sounds like it's yeah. just as easy as ordering doordash huh I, i'm telling you i'm telling <laughs> you but and also and there, there are a few other elements to the company too so we have the exchange which is a marketplace um we're doing something um called um training camp and it's it's, it's sort of like a, a master class mm-hmm. for student athletes right so we just signed um, an All-American volleyball player named Scholar Fields at the University of Texas. And she's going to tell us, you know, we're going to have videos and she's going to teach us on, you know, what she does to be great, like certain drills, certain things that she's going to do. And um, it's going to be a subscription-based subscription based model to where, you know, if you're a high school student, you can sign up um, and subscribe to her, her channel. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, and, and learn some of the things, the techniques that she used to be great. Yeah. So, um, we're going to take a bunch of, um, you know, our key athletes, mark, uh, marquee athletes, and and take them through the training camp videos. Also, and the final, the final element of our company is NIL Academy, which is what we talked about before, on just you know giving them complete, um, you know, just information on how to really monetize or maximize their potential um, as a college athlete for sure. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's yeah. a great. Platform. It sounds like it sounds like you're doing all the right things, you know. I think whenever it comes to business and it's, it's interesting how when you're an athlete and you, you switch that mindset to, to business, it's like, you really understand business. And from you talking about 
how you're building this. You know, a lot of people would just go out and try to get businesses and athletes and, and get them connected, right? Where you understand you're an athlete. It's like, number one, I don't trust you. I don't know you. You know, teach yeah. me about the NIL, what I need to look out for, right? Mm -hmm. So you can make your own decisions. Number two, how do you engage your funnel? And that's, you know, high school kids, you know, they're looking up to these division one players and they want to be on that platform. They want to get information and get insights from, Hey, what is Daniel Alexander doing in his training routine? I want to be him. Right. 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 Whenever you're at Mizzou, I mean, you could have, you could have signed up, you know, every kid uh, in your high school, every season. I'm telling you. I'm right? telling you. Yes. Every kid yes. in Missouri is looking at that. So the way that you're going about building this business is, is incredible. I know you're going to be successful and it's just so awesome to see, you know, all of our teammates make that transition mm. into business mm -hmm. and being able to apply your skill set because you're great at everything that you do. I mean, no, like for real. So it's uh, it's, it's great to see you doing that, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a journey, man. And I think um, one of the, the biggest things on my end, especially with this company, is um, just getting a good team. You know, we always talk about, you know, we're so used to just being a part of teams and having yeah. people, pieces around you. Um, right. It's going to make everybody look good, right? So, um, like you said, business is it's, it's not sports, but it's, it is sports, right? Because right. we're on a team and you got to strategize. You have to be able to execute game plans and stuff like that. And you have to be able to come together as a team and move together as a team. So right. um, I definitely uh, attribute, um, you know, where we are now uh, to the team that we have um, at Free Agent U. And, um, you know, it, it definitely makes me confident. Um, to move forward with um, what we got. And, you know, I, I'm excited, man. This this thing, it's, it's just the beginning. Um, and, you know, it's, we're going to keep building and keep working for sure. That's awesome. Well, we got a couple minutes left. We yeah. can't let you get out of here with talk, without talking about golf. Okay. How in the world did you, did you pick up golf? What made you say, you know what, this is the sport I'm going to do next. And then tell us what your handicap is and tell mm -hmm. us, how you got so good. Listen, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start the credit because the first time Nario went to the golf course was with <laughs> me. I had taken him there as my little brother. Bro, big so I was probably yeah. hitting the golf balls with a baseball bat. Definitely something for receiving. You know, we don't have fun in college. We go out there and we're competing or yeah. it's definitely something for football or com competition. We weren't leisurely going out to the golf course. I'll tell you <laughs> right, that. Right, right, right. We, we, we had to talk our noise about it. <laughs> um, and you know, so I think it probably came down to who can hit the ball the furthest. Yeah, you know, my first day went out with Tommy, man. I, I'm swinging, you know, I'm, I'm a baseball player at heart, you know, that's my mm -hmm. first love. And um, so I'm swinging and I'm finishing, you know, probably one hand on the club on my back foot, like Ken Griffin, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, <laughs> still hitting over 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah. Hitting over easy first time picking up a club. Yeah, so that that, I, that was the first time. It was fun. Man. I was like, man, this is this is pretty cool, man. I see, okay, I see why people go out and play. It's, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Then, remember uh, Lorenzo Williams? Yeah. Um, he yeah. would have those caps. And T, T, I got a picture of you swinging a golf club at, at Zoe's cap. <laughs> okay, we had these these big ass cigars in our mouth, bro. Yep. You could tell us nothing, man. <laughs> so I, I always had a great time at those camps, uh, yeah. but I never really got a chance to pick it up, pick it up because I was, you know, always you know hurt being. Um, trying to recover from injuries and stuff like that. So my free time, my off seasons were always trying to get back on the field. Um, it wasn't until I got to San Diego 
And I would see, you know, we, we'd be in off-season training, and I would see, you know, Phillip Rivers and all these guys <laughs> running out the locker room with their polo shirts on trying to hit the golf course. I'm like, what are y'all doing, man? What's, what's going on? You know, like, why are y'all playing golf? Why is every day, you know what I'm saying? The kickers, you know, they, that's all they do is play golf, right? They play golf at practice, don't they? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. it. But um, so I had I had this Nike deal at the time. I think I had about 70, like $75,000 in merchandise. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I'm going, I'm about to get on Nike. Uh, and order clothes. Bro, right. <laughs> I ordered everything. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> I ordered everything, man. And I, I got them. And I went to the golf course, bro, and I started hacking. I went out, you know, I bought a dozen of balls every time. It, it was so crazy. Like, you know, I paid for my round, and I paid for a dozen of golf balls, and I lose them all, you know, probably yep. about nine holes in, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I loved it, though. So it, it kind of hit me. And I was in San Diego playing at Torrey Pines and all these great golf, golf courses, not really knowing where I'm at. I couldn't really appreciate it. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so I think that it was the offseason of 2012. I played every day. I would like my my routine was I would wake up, I would train, eat, golf every day, right? So it it, it was it, it kind of took over my life for a while, yeah. and um, it, it just I don't know, bro. It just golf is a journey, man. It's, it's a journey that uh, it's a lifelong journey. You're, you're constantly trying to work and get better, um, and you're never going to be satisfied with the sport. Um, I felt like I saw Jordan saw um, he had an interview with Steph Curry on Golf yeah. Channel. The other day, he just talked about how the competitiveness of the sport um, with him being able to walk away, having to walk away from the game, but trying to fill that void. I feel the same thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm an ultimate competitor at the end of the day. Like, mm -hmm. I compete in everything. Like, it, whether it's, you know, shooting clothes in the laundry basket, I want to yep. I want to do that, right? So, right. Uh, the golf is kind of what, you know, scratched that itch for me, man. So, I've been able to, you know, get my handicap down to a 5.6, according mm -hmm. to to, to the gen app right now i'm still striving bro i'm still striving i still cuss you know I'm, 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 I'm not throwing my clubs all over the place anymore uh but you know it's 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 definitely uh it's a challenge man i love it man so well as soon as i get my money up like tommy saunders level and i join a country club you can be man. my partner and my member Come on, guest. Bro. hey we need to play <laughs> I, me and me and Rock, man me and rock played uh a month or so ago and you know i'm out i'm about winning i'm competitive okay right yeah. so i'm only hitting the clubs that i can hit right? yeah i'm not i'm not pulling out my 60 degree wedge right <laughs> no yeah. I'm, not, I'm not pulling that out mm -hmm. and uh, or my uh three wood i'm not pulling no i'm gonna hit mm -hmm. a four iron like because i can hit a four iron right and yeah. uh i'm playing with ruck and he just uses the club he's supposed to hit yeah. every single time don't matter yeah. he'll hit off the tree He'll go, go two feet, but then you know he's getting great shots, you know. But there's a couple of those times, and I'm like, I said, you just do what you're supposed to do, don't you? Every time mm -hmm. you just use the club you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. you just you're just disciplined. And I was like, when you're 55, you're gonna be an incredible golfer. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, discipline, you know. Yeah. And it's it's that mental toughness, it's that focus, though that you yeah. got to have that discipline that in the competitiveness and it brings it's, it's funny how it brings it all out man. uh yeah, that's, yeah, so. that's the thing man golf man like it's 18 holes is a long day oh. it's gonna have something going on it's it's yeah, it's inevitable and the biggest thing is man is trying to keep that focus 
to not let one bad hole turn into an 18 bad hole. That's up the rest of the day. Oh, it <laughs> Kevin Rutland. No, I got K Rudd on golf, right? He, yeah. He loves it. Yeah. He's at that stage, man, where one bad shot. It's just, it's just, I mean, he he'll be playing great for like four or five holes. I'm like, hey, bro, you here. You got it, bro. Like we <laughs> that- like, like three over in five holes. Like, oh, you good. You playing You're right, this. yeah. Yep. It is one bad shot, bro, and it just goes down. See the wheels start to fall off. Yeah. <laughs> Me and K. Rutt need to go play together because that's, yeah, right. that's where I'm at right now. The bottom drops. And, but coming to your point about golf, man, like like about the two, like the, the golf clubs, they're tools, right? And, you know, say I can hit my four iron, you know, 230, 225, but I only play it at 200, right? I don't, I don't, I don't max out any of my clubs anymore because I'm more of a, you know, I'm trying to get more control over the game Absolutely. instead of trying to like look good, man. So instead of me banging at 350, you know, I'm just going to take three, 300 down the middle of the fairway all day. Right. You so, go. Yeah. That's, that's strategy the strategy too. Once, right. <laughs> once, you, once you figure out, you know, my game took, you know, to the next level, man, when I, I mastered a three quarter swing, I don't take full swings no more on the golf course, man. So if really? I can give you one nugget, man, like, Master that swing, and the game would be a whole lot easier. It's simple. It's you. You want your golf game to be boring? Fairway green, two putt all day. So there yeah. you have it, folks. Oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> master the three quarter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, Nario, man, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been one of my favorites. This is a lot of fun, and it's always good to see you, man. So glad that things are going well in life. And if there's anything we can do for you, please don't Absolutely. hesitate to reach out. If you want to come back on the show? We'd love to have you, man. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate y'all having me, man. And um, y'all stay up. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the show. I'm, 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 you know, I'm tuned in every week, man. So y'all keep this thing going, man. And and, and definitely, uh, it was good talking to y'all for sure. We Thanks, appreciate, man. It. appreciate it. All right, man. Uh, this is making right, Mizzou, sponsored by Three Sixty Vodka. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Tune in next week, and hopefully, we'll have another guest just as good as Mary. Maybe not quite, but we'll do a okay. Go right. Tigers! M I Z Z O U. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.